Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, digital agency owners and podcast listeners. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to ask you a quick question. Are you currently stressed out, cash crunched, or fed up with your business? If you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem, or maybe that it's the area you live in, or maybe this market has become too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around, and I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now that it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who comes to you saying they need a website or Facebook ads or maybe a mobile app developed, but they don't even realize the deeper challenge or opportunity that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a YouGurus strategy call where we'll dig into those underlying issues and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your strategy call. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start your application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. All right, let's introduce today's guest. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver. And this week, we are really excited to be welcoming Yannick Silver to our program. Yannick redefines how business is played in the 21st century at the intersection of more profits, more fun, and more impact. He's the author of several best-selling books, including Evolved Enterprise, which we're going to be talking about today on how to rethink, reimagine, and reinvent your business to deliver meaningful impact and even greater profits. He's also the founder of Maverick 1000, a private invitation-only global network of top entrepreneurs and industry leaders. Welcome to the program, Yannick. Hey, Brent. Hey, hey. Yeah, excited to be here. Nice. So, so Yannick, um, you are, uh, uh, you've been an entrepreneur for, for many years. I think you uh, definitely are one of the four uh, front leaders of entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship thinking. Um, how did you originally get your start in entrepreneurship? Like, What was your, your very first business and what, what kind of captured you? Uh, I, I think, uh, you know, it, it really has to go back to my, my father. I mean, our, our family came over from Russia when I was three years old and uh, immigrated here to the U.S. And about six months into it, uh, my dad uh, was going to get fired from his job working at a hospital center because he was moonlighting on the side repairing medical equipment. And he did the, the thing that all of us entrepreneurs do. We, we kind of took the road less traveled. And, and he said, OK, well, I'm going to go ahead and just do my own thing then. And so I grew up in a family business, which was a medical equipment sales and service company and got started at a super early age, just doing everything and anything. And 14, I was telemarketing at 16. The deal was I got a car if I went out and cold called. So, you know, I pretty much, I guess, fell into it in that way and, and got this massive amount of a head start in marketing and sales. And, uh, and then the internet kind of started coming up on, on people's radars in, in late 99, 98. And, uh, and that's when I kind of fell into the, the online space. So, so you actually started cold calling when you were 16. I think that's pretty incredible. No, 14. 14, 14. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if there's any child labor laws that we're breaking most likely. But, uh, it was 
Probably, yeah. probably. But yeah. you know, but sixteen. I, I got a, I got a car, but only if I go cold call. Like ah, dogs. that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. just to get. I always think it's cool. I was just talking to somebody else we just interviewed. Uh, I know you know Cameron Harold, but we were just talking about like kind of the multi generational entrepreneurs, the ones that kind of grew up. You know, he was telling me he was uh, discussing product market fit at the dinner table, like in in, in like middle school. I'm like, oh, that's so unfair, right? I, I didn't make my first cold call, I think, until probably you know 22 or 23 when we were running our web agency. Yeah, well, I mean, it's funny because I. I mean, I remember distinctly like some of the summers where right? my dad would be like, "No, nah, you, 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 you're working," and uh, instead, like my buddies are living at the beach, having a great time, and and he's like, "No, nah, you, you're working," and and even like in college, when I went to school, I went to school not too far away from from uh, his his business, and I'd go there pretty much every day and work. But even like snow days, which are supposed to be fun days, you hang out at the bar all day. And my dad would come pick me up and take me to work so it was it wasn't at that moment i wasn't appreciative of it but but the head start that i got i'm absolutely appreciative now i was gonna say if any of your friends from high school or those early days that were at the beach are facebook friends with you and see you know your feed coming across of you hanging out at necker island and you know being uh, all over the world uh, doing amazing things with maverick and that community i'm sure they're going wait wait a minute wait a minute maybe we should have been called calling at 14 <laughs> maybe <laughs> what's yeah, that guy doing how, how did that happen right that's like what where every overnight success story is 10 years in the making <laughs> so uh you know one of the reasons i'd asked you uh to come on the show today oh. you've got a book called evolved enterprise and and this topic is uh it's it's definitely close to my heart about how um, businesses, you know, don't need to just be focused on profits. That there's kind of this new generation of thought around um, doing good things uh, for uh, your community, for society in general, and and integrating that into your business. And it's not just uh, an expense; it's actually something that um, can can help to make your business stand out and 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 not only make an impact in the community, but actually be a strategy or part of your strategy for growing your business. When did this as an idea come on your radar? Yeah. So, you know, as I said, in 2000 got started in the online space and, and probably one of the earlier people on there got started, did, did really well. And then people are like, well, how did you do that? Could you teach me? That turned into a career of helping other people take their information and, and sell it online. And, and then it's been about maybe 11, 10 years ago now where I kind of looked at where I was making a lot of money, but I asked myself a really simple question, which was, am I happy? And the real answer was no, not totally. And I thought that there's something more that I could do. And it, and it kind of spurred this idea of Maverick, which is let's get together with other fun, interesting entrepreneurs, go do these adventures. And, and we'd have business sessions and, and these cool trips together. And there'd be a, some sort of charity element. And, and so that was sort of the start of this, you know, other foray, which which then led to me getting to become, I don't know, friends, colleagues, co-conspirators, uh, with with all these interesting people that are doing, you know, these incredible things in their companies, like like Tony Shea from Zappos, or you know, you mentioned uh, Necker Island, so Richard Branson, and and all these different people that I kind of started seeing little bits and pieces of this evolved enterprise model, and it was also during this time that that the the company the original version of it was was kind of going down the incredibly in the wrong direction and my wife it took her about $400,000 that she let me sort of have uh, as a as a runway she's like so what the hell are you doing 
and you know, I had, I didn't really have an answer and, but I knew there, there was something more there and it really forced me to go back and think about my big reason why. And, and this is part of the evolved enterprise, which is having that bigger cause, that bigger, the bigger purpose. And my, my reason why wasn't to create an adventure travel company. It was, you know, finally after a lot of sort of soul searching, it was to change the way businesses played. And so really revamped the model, changing it into more of a collective network. And, and then as we added these, these impact elements, as we added, you know, got really more aligned with what the purpose was, it, it really turned everything around. Um, something like an 820 some percent uh, change in, in profitability and all these little puzzle pieces started coming together. And that's how the Evolved Enterprise uh, framework was born almost from, uh, from going out of business there. Yeah, you mentioned that you were headed in the incredibly wrong direction. Um, was that a wrong direction from a business PL? The business wasn't going to work, or was it just a like a, a an issue of the heart? It wasn't resonating with what you wanted to accomplish. I just feel like a lot of people in our audience might feel like they're in that same position at some level. Like maybe their yeah business well, no, isn't where for, they want. I mean, the first the first one was a heart issue of you know, am I am I doing what I was meant to be doing? And, and it's really uh, alluring when you got, you know, kind of people looking at what you got going on from the outside in and everything looks perfect. I mean, uh, in the digital marketing space, it's not always easy to have a, a great reputation and, and to be, to be out there, you know, doing the things that, that a lot of people would look at as, as being this ultimate laptop lifestyle and so forth. And, and, but it wasn't, it wasn't what I really wanted to do. I'm like, it just didn't feel like it was an ultimate expression of, of who I was. So I call this this cosmic alarm clock. And when it goes off, like you can either hit snooze or you can actually answer it and, and say, okay, now what, what am I meant to do? And, and it's all, it's really, it's kind of scary following your heart, but it's never wrong. And, uh, and so then it was reworking what I was doing and then <laughs> going the wrong way was the financial part of it because it was, it was like, you know, this is something that I felt so strongly about and so passionate about, but, but yet I couldn't figure it out. Like, and, and before this point, I had like seven or eight different uh, product services that hit the seven figure mark cumulatively. And I'm like, you know, I, I kind of knew what I was doing, or at least I thought I did. And everything before that had worked really well. And so this was a great sort of testament to, okay, so what is it? Like, should I go back to just doing the internet marketing stuff or, or is there something else here? And, and that's when it forced even more sort of reflection and to, and to really get deeper into who I was. And, and so the first part of the Evolved Enterprise model is actually evolving yourself. And, and that's you know, what it forced me to do is just look deeper into who I was, what I was doing, why I was doing all these things, and, and really examine and uncover almost like pulling up these, these rocks that, that we don't always turn over when things are going so well and, and really get deeper in that part. Any insight on how you did that? So, you know, you, know you, you realize this is not heading the right way. I mean, did you just, you know, unplug and go up to a mountaintop and, you know, ask <laughs> the heavens, what, what am I here to do? I mean, what, what kind of process did you use to, uh, to figure that out? It was a, uh, it, it was a process of almost, uh, I mean, so there's, there's two great books that, that have gotten a, a decent amount of sort of attention in the last couple of years. Uh, Sky Michael Singer wrote these two books called The Surrender Experiment and also Untethered Soul. And when I first got exposed to Untethered Soul, I was like, I don't really get all of this. It, it wasn't the right time for it. And, and now that I've continued to go back to it and reread it, it's, it's a really powerful book um, about almost like becoming the witness in your own life and what's going on and then surrendering to this flow of life, as he calls it. 
And so I love the idea of this trust that the universe has even more in store for you than you even believe in, and, and know. Uh, and it's just like following your joy and following your heart into where you're going. And so it was a process of, of really like just surrendering into, you know, there, there's something more. I don't know exactly what it is, but I'm going to keep moving forward. But I'm also not going to keep moving forward doing the same thing that I was doing because it's the, uh, you know, the famous quote about the definition of insanity is doing the, the same things over and over again and expecting different results. So I had to, had to change something. And a lot of the time, um, and I still continue this, one of my favorite processes is journaling. And, and so using your journal as a way of getting out just feelings, just things that are going on in your, in your life. As entrepreneurs, we have so much stuff that's bubbling around in our heads. And a journal helps create this beginning, middle, and end for, for what's going on. And it's, it's one of the best processes that you can continue to do. And, and it doesn't take that much time. You can, if you give yourself about 10 minutes, 15 minutes each day to just write a, a, a dialogue with yourself about what's going on and, and where you start is not where you're going to end, but it's a really powerful process to get more and more in touch with, with what's going on and, and then continue to, uh, to explore that even further. So, so that's what, what I did. And I asked a lot of questions also, Brent, like I asked, uh, there's a couple of key questions that I asked, I, I believe our, our questions dictate our answers. And so one of my favorite questions during this time was, uh, what would I do even if I knew it would fail? And so kind of cribbed from Brene Brown, her book, Darren Greatly, uh, this question really opens up the topic of what would I do even if, you know, I wasn't attached to the results, if, what would I give my life to essentially that was worth it? And, and even if it would quote unquote fail, because a lot of times we've heard that question of, you know, if you had six months to live, what would you do? Or what would you do even if you knew it, it wouldn't fail? But this was even more powerful because it's like getting out of this idea of what's our, what's our end goal, but really what do we want to put our full heart and soul into? And that's, that's where Maverick 1000 was born from. And that's where this evolved enterprise concept is born from. I want to come back to something that you said this helped you with, which was it helped you increase your, you know, your net profit for 820%. That's not a small yeah. number. <laughs> um, so, so what was the, the switch that you flipped in the business or with the business structure that created that kind of uh, phenomenal change? Was it just simply aligning it with this? Uh, you mentioned uh, bringing charities and getting them involved in the business and, and uh, making that happen? It, it was really this this entire framework that I talk about in involved enterprise. So if it's um, if you think about the the first circle is uh, is, is you, uh, and you know talking about evolving yourself and, and really getting deeper into what are your strengths and what are your wh where where do you have uh, the unique ability that, that of what you were designed to put out into the world and, and getting really clear on that, and then also like uncovering those those hidden spots that you don't maybe want to want to uncover. Uh, and, and getting clear on that. And then the next outer circle is called cause, which is getting in alignment with what's the impact that you want to make. So for us, our big mission is changing the way business is played. So the umbrella of everything that we do is around entrepreneurship and, and business being this, uh, this lever for making a difference in the world. And then if you go out one more circle, it was developing um, kind of the circles divided into three and it's a uh, creation community and culture and creation is the product or service itself having the uh that cause embedded or baked into what you're doing the community is is creating this raving group of fans that, that want to buy from you that want to spread your message that that are you know aligned with something more and then the culture is the internal team uh like how do you show up with with uh, a greater vision the, the mission the values the 
And all those things are, again, were pieces that I kind of dug up along the way that everyone had a, a bit of this puzzle and, and this evolved enterprise. Like it wasn't just like, okay, great. We, we now, we have a charity component and that raised our profits, you know, 800 some percent. It was, it was really all of it. It was getting clear on, on how this all stacked together. And, uh, and if you, you know, if people only look at it as a, as just like a little bandaid or a thing that they can add, it's, you know, it's like, Oh, great. Uh, Yannick was talking about adding, adding charity or impact to what we do. Uh, we should, we should just add that and, and it'll be okay. It'll, it'll probably increase your, your revenue and your profits, but it's not fully baked into what you're doing as an organization. I talk a about going from a transactional company to a transformational to even a, a transcending company, like transcending what your what your business or industry really is. And transactional is kind of what it sounds like. It's like, you know, we're exchanging, you're getting money exchange for for a service, a commodity that that pretty much anyone can do. Anyone can design a web page if if you know if it comes down to that at, at a transformational level, the identity of everyone who encounters your company has changed and then transcending it. It's just beyond even what, what our typical business model is. Can you give me some examples of how you made that work within uh, Maverick 1000? Yeah. And it's, it's been a, it's been a process. Um, so uh, the essence of it has never really changed, but the expression of it has. So the essence of it was always about these three interconnecting circles where it started off as dollar sign, happy face and a heart. And dollar sign was about make more. And, and the heart was about, you know, have a, have a bigger impact in the world. And, and the happy face was, was, you know, have more fun, but it's, it's changed now a bit. It's evolved where it's really, actually we changed it to a tree now instead of the dollar sign. And that was actually a big change because we really wanted to to help entrepreneurs grow themselves, grow their business, uh, make a difference in the world, either individually through their companies and collectively through the voice and talents and, and resources that we had, and then uh, and then have some fun as a byproduct of, of what we did. And so as we got clearer and clearer on that, the, the messaging also got clearer about this idea of a thousand sons who could each light another thousand sons and and to really double down on, on the impact side. And, and so we, we decided to, to bake in the impact by saying 10% of member dues would go into an impact fund. And, and members had some say into where this impact fund goes and, and then the different causes that we align with. And it wasn't just, just money. It was a decent amount of money that we raised and for different trips and things that were, that were charity-based. But even more exciting was when we started seeing where were the individual spots that we could actually have a greater difference in. And, and that was using the, the resources that we had. So the, the, the skill sets and using the distribution and, and using the, the talents that we had. So some members, I, I remember one project that really, really took off was uh, just uh, last year. We, we took a, this is what we, we brainstormed on Necker Island with, with Branson was uh, they, they came to us with this old World War II ship. And said we're, we're thinking about you know what can we do with this thing? It's it's rotting, sitting there in Tortola, which is a neighboring island, and and we came up with this idea of this artificial reef that would be sunk, but not just an artificial reef to sink it, but truly make it something really unique, and people would want to dive it. And uh, and two of the Maverick members that were there, uh, Mike and Etika, they they built Burning Man cars as well, and so they had this whole concept of building this gigantic kraken, like a giant octopus, on top of the ship. And, uh, and then they also partnered up with all these different uh, nonprofits and, 
and we were able to to make this ship uh, artificial reef. It was also uh, really tied into the local community, where the idea would be dive uh, operators would take people to this this ship, have like a a, a uh, an optional donation, and that donation would get spread out into the community, teach swimming lessons, and then also be a way of, um, of creating this marine habitat and preserve for for fish around that area. Uh, and so it's just really interconnected. And, and that was just one of the ways that we were able to, to really just increase the amount of impact that we can make through the unique skill set and, and what we could uniquely do. And for our listeners, I feel like describing this as a World War II ship with a giant Kraken on it <laughs> almost doesn't, I mean, you know, you, I mean, go to, uh, we'll link to it in our show notes, but it's something that you have to kind of see to believe yeah, and, and, up, uh, and art reef and you'll, you'll see it. Yeah. And we'll make sure to link out to the video. I know that you guys had a kind of a mini like highlight reel of the whole process. And it's, if you watch it, um, it's absolutely fascinating in the fact that this had something to do with entrepreneurship, the local community, your community, uh, brainstorming with, you know, what you guys could do with this with, you know, Richard Branson on Necker. I mean, it's just, it's just a really interesting, unique story. And, um, and just watching the process, I mean, it's, it's truly a larger than life kind of thing. I mean, just going from idea to manifesting this gigantic octopus that's on top of this World War II ship and watching this sink into the ocean and, and who knows, I mean, how this is going to actually affect local businesses. I mean, that's, um, I mean, that's a very fantastic uh, representation of this, but it wasn't your first, you know, it wasn't the first go of how this could no, happen. You guys. We've been, yeah, we've been leading up to things like this. And then this year, the real focus is ocean impact, ocean conservation. And, and, and we have a really big sort of project that collectively that we're working on. And so it's, it's, you know, as you said, it's not our first go, but, but I think, you know, if you're listening to this, you're like, Oh, holy crap. I, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to, you know, be in, 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 uh, collaboration with Richard Branson on something. And, and, and that's fine. And it's like, you don't need, you don't need as big of a thing to do though. It's, it's fascinating when you do have something big that you're working on, the kind of players that, that show up are, are really, really intriguing. Like, you know, the, the best in the world will show up for a big mission. Uh, and, and that's the other thing is like, when you have a deeper alignment and, and deeper purpose, uh, you'll get better people. So they're not just showing up for a paycheck anymore. They're showing up to really help change their community, change, change the world in, in some way. And if, if you only think of yourself as a web development agency or, you know, a, a small service business, then that's kind of how you'll stay. But, but there is an opportunity to really show up and, and do something, do something bigger. Um, there's a, there's a company in, in Richmond uh, that, that's worth taking a look at. They're called Impact Makers. And, and they're a uh, consulting agency, but they have an interesting model where they take 100% of their net profits. And, th- and I'm not saying that this is, you know, the exact model that you should follow, but, but it's worth looking at where they partner up with local, local charities and, um, and they do consulting work, like very high level, uh, you know, like Ernst & Young kind of consulting work for community partners uh, and then also for corporate partners in their local area. And they uh, and then they'll do some pro bono work for for different cause partners uh, locally, so that the people that work for them are able to then uh, have a bigger mission than just showing up and and helping grow profits of, of clients that they work for. So there, that's you know one interesting model. This is called I have eleven different impact models that we talk about in Evolved Enterprise, and, and one of them is this all in model, kind of based on uh, on Newman's own spaghetti sauce 
maker, and you know, I don't know how many lines of food that they have now, but where they take all their all their profits and and give them away to to different charities that they support. But there's a lot of ways of of getting involved where it can have this really deep overlaying um, aspect. Uh, you know, another example that I think maybe some of your audience would relate to, Brent, is uh, this company called Ultra Testing. They uh, they do some cute quality control testing across browser platform testing. And what they did was they hired people on the autism spectrum scale. And I call this empowered employment. So they looked at um, people on the autism spectrum scale typically have uh, more, just a more threshold for repetitive tasks, for attention to detail and so forth. And they use what could have been a disadvantage into an advantage and, uh, and were able to, to employ this kind of group of, of underserved people uh, and then turn it into an advantage which then you know made what what they were doing uh, just really differentiate themselves in the marketplace. So you know those are just two examples. So let's say I'm a small digital agency, you know, three or four people. Uh, how would I get started with something like this if I'm not in, you know, I'm not currently involved in any causes. We're not doing any kind of uh, donations or volunteer or pro bono work, and we're listening to this podcast right now, going. Huh, you know, like I, you know, I would like to maybe try something or see how that could benefit my business, or I'd like to have eight hundred percent, you know, net growth. Yeah. Or this is this is interesting to me. Can we at least, you know, how how do we get the ball rolling? Um, any any insight into that process? Yeah, so you know, it starts with again with you, like getting deeper into what what drives you. What what was your original purpose of really getting starting your company? At at some deeper level, it was you know not just to. To, to make some money, it was, you know, I want to serve this group. I want to do this and getting back into, into touch with, with that part, I think is really powerful because then that's going to lead to what is maybe the cause that we want to align with. Um, so it can come from, from you personally, from a story that you have, or it could be, you know, what, what would my customers really want as, as sort of the ultimate uh, cause that I could serve that would also benefit them in some way. So as you start exploring that and thinking about that, let's, I don't know, let's, let's just make up an example. It could be, you know, what I, what I really get excited by is helping, um, helping inner city kids in my, in my area, you know, that, that kind of drives me, that would be exciting to me. So, so then, you know, imagine if you could partner up with, uh, with, and I do, I think a lot of these are in partnerships. Um, it's not you just having to do it all by yourself. So let's say it's working with maybe the boys and girls club, uh, or working with, uh, there's a bunch of other organizations that you could they could turn to. But let's say it's Boys and Girls Club, and you say, "Look, we're gonna we're gonna take you Boys and Girls Club. You guys nominate, you know, half dozen kids or something each semester, and we're gonna bring them in and teach them web development. And and so they're gonna get to even work on work on some of this stuff and, and have some. A, they're gonna get real world life skills that they can go go out and go apply later on potentially." Uh, you know, two, you're going to be able to then share this message of what you're doing with your, the, the people that you serve. And, and then maybe just maybe you can say, okay, well, what, what can we do to, to give them some, some extra work? So maybe there's like some low end web development that that's not even worth it for you guys to do. And, and you let them go out and, and go solicit some of that business. Maybe it's restaurants or dry cleaners or, you know, who knows what it is like local businesses that aren't really, aren't spending too much on their web design, but would be worth it for these, these kids now that they're trained to go actually have them go develop these websites. 
and that can become part of your community outreach. And, and, you know, that's just one way of doing it. It's a little more encompassing than simply saying, okay, we're going to take 5% of our revenue or 10% of our revenue and, and donate it to Boys and Girls Club or something like that. So it, it depends on how far you want to, you want to go. Uh, you can start small and dip your toe in and see what happens. But for the most part, when people start thinking about how do we really make this different than simply a charity donation, then everyone gets excited. It's like the, the team members get excited. Your customers get excited. Uh, it, it really leads to to a much deeper meaning in, in what you're doing in business. How, how does that work if, uh, and I'm just trying to think of the uh, cash-strapped, time-strapped, uh, early-stage business entrepreneur that is is trying to stay afloat and they're trying to you know make it work, work on the business enough, they feel like their to-do list is you know, so long they can't, you know, they can't even get that done, um, let alone take on something else. I mean, is there, is the the positive lift in their own energy by doing something good? Does, is that just, does that create extra forward momentum or is it just that this might take off of a little bit of their, their marketing overhead? Like they're not having to market as much because maybe they're getting the word spread in a different way. Does it kind of shift some of that energy or what would you say to that person that's feeling overwhelmed right now? Is this the right thing for them to start looking at or is it just something they need to wait for? Well, I believe that. So the old way of doing things was work, 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 get successful and then quote unquote, give back. And, and this newer way is really it's it's in lockstep with as you're growing and and it also helps helps your growth i mean the the research that i've seen is that it's it, this is a, like a seismic shift going on um consumer buying behavior is changing where, where they're willing to pay the same or, or more for companies that for products and services that have a greater purpose and mission and then also your, your team members uh especially millennials like they're willing to work for companies that have uh, a greater purpose or mission and even get paid even less uh, you know, so it's fascinating. So it's happening from this inside out and outside in. And, and so this idea of, you know, well, I'm overwhelmed already. Sounds great. In theory, I'll just wait until we're, we're already successful to, to make this happen. It's, it's one way to do it, but I think that you're going to be at a competitive disadvantage in the next four to seven years if you don't have some sort of impact, core impact in, in what you're doing. And that's going to start becoming table stakes for, for your company. So, what I, I suggest is figuring out a way to layer it in so it becomes baked into what you're doing. Um, so maybe that means increasing your your cost by you know x amount for your your jobs, and then you can say, okay, you know, we 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 provide five whatever you increase it by five percent, and that five percent then goes to uh, the causes or or the these kind of projects that you want to support. Um, you can say uh, we're gonna you know we're gonna do. X amount of time pro bono, and that's going to be uh, factored into it. So there's a lot of ways of, of kind of baking it in and, and layering it in, I think. Uh, and, and then you'll be surprised. Like you can, again, start small and see what happens. It could be for one month, you decide, okay, we're going to, we're going to support this one cause and, and see how we can get involved. That would actually make sense. It doesn't have to be money. It could be, what are you good at? And obviously, uh, you know, the, the service element, the providing the work uh, to two different community partners could be one way of, of getting involved and then, and then seeing what happens. Like, is there a measurable lift that happens? Um, is there something where you, you send out the next five proposals and you decide, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to test this out and say uh, that, you know, with, if you sign up here with us, we also donate 
you know, 10 hours uh, because you, you become a client to, to these community organizations or something like that and see what happens if you do that for the next five or 10 proposals. Like, do you get more proposals back that are signed because of that aspect? And you're like, wow, okay, maybe that did increase my business. And, and so you really do bake it in and it becomes, uh, becomes a part of what you do. Have you experienced any risks with this um, this idea? Uh, and I guess when I when I'm saying that, a recent customer reached out to me, and it was kind of apparent that they were they were overwhelmed, but they were spread really thin on pro bono work and board service in particular. They were very involved in their communities, almost to a fault, where it wasn't leaving them a whole lot of time left over. And I know personally, I've I've kind of found myself at times in that um, where. You know, I just I go out and get involved and get involved and get involved to say yes to all these different great causes because they're all amazing. And then before you know it, I'm kind of going, wait a minute, we're not doing any paid work anymore. <laughs> right? Yeah, um, well, I'm just working for all, for free. Yeah. For all this. So is the question, you know, how what happens if you feel that way? Yeah, I mean, what happens if you feel that way, or I guess any any tactics or ideas of how to avoid that from happening of going too far uh, into this, or or is there too far? Yeah. I, I don't know. Well, so I think that if you don't have a, a strategy around it, then, then there is a possibility that that could happen. And just saying yes, yes, yes to all these community partners or things that you want to get involved in. And, and all of a sudden you're like the go-to pro bono you know, web services company, right? So if you decide, okay, for, for every 100 hours of paid work, we provide uh, 10 hours of community work, then you have a measurement stick. Then you have this, I call it an impact scoreboard. And you want to, so, you know, Tom's Shoes is probably one of the better examples of these um, evolved enterprises, social enterprises that have been around now for a while. And they've grown quite a bit. Uh, I mean, the last time I talked to Blake, uh, they had given away 35 million pairs of shoes. I'm sure it's even significantly more, but that's their impact scoreboard, right? So they know if they've given away 35 million pairs of shoes, that means they've sold, profitably sold 35 million pairs of shoes. So you can reverse engineer a metric that makes sense that you know we're not going to do more than X amount for every X amount of, of, of business that we get. And, and then but you also want to be strategic and think about it from a marketing aspect and from a business development standpoint, where maybe it's, it, it ties into your clients. So maybe it's uh, you get your clients, um, maybe you're kind of, um, you don't care as much about one particular topic, but you want your clients uh, to, to really feel like they're involved in this process. So it's like, okay, great for every, every, um, every project that we take on, we give you, um, five hours, 10 hours that you can, that you can apply to, to any cause that you care about, Mr. Client or Mrs. Client, right? So now it becomes more embedded into what you're doing. It also becomes a, almost like a, a marketing in, in, enhancer for you. And it, again, a differentiation point. And, and so now it's, it's tied into paid work and it's tied into uh, who you're delivering it for. And, and there's a deeper, just almost like this hand in hand commitment level with your clients and, and yourself. I think that's great. I like that of, of putting, making it strategic, creating a, a framework or a constraint, something that is tied directly to uh, your business doing well, hopefully. I mean, that Tom's example is is fantastic. Uh, and, and limiting that, I mean, just even sitting down and creating a plan for, how, okay, we're going to do this. How do we do this? I mean, I know in entrepreneurship, sometimes uh, just sitting down and creating that plan is uh, is 90% of the battle. Um, yeah. 
and, and it's a first draft, right? I mean, it can change, but, but how cool would it be that every single client that you got, they knew that they had X amount of hours that they could gift to a, a charity or cause that they cared about. And if they didn't have one, then, you know, you could suggest two or three that you already work with or something like that. So, so now you're like on the same side as the clients and they're excited. And it's also making them look good as well to their own team. And, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's really exciting. Like it changes the dynamic of, of who you are as just maybe a service provider to more of a, of a key partner. Yeah. We're talking to Yannick Silver, author of Evolved Enterprise, How to Rethink, Reimagine, and Reinvent Your Business to Deliver Meaningful Impact and Even Greater Profits. Uh, if you guys are interested in the things that Yannick has said, um, I highly recommend you guys taking a look at his book. We'll link out to that uh, over on Amazon. It's, uh, again, Evolved Enterprise, um, and it pretty much is is the playbook for uh, getting this um, idea implemented in your business from from start to finish, uh, everything that Yannick has talked about today and way more is all uh, outlined uh, in that book. So, uh, Yannick, are you ready for our, our quick lightning round before we wrap up? I'm ready. All right. Uh, what is the best advice you've ever received? Wow. Uh, best advice I ever received. Um, I'm like trying to, trying to think back through, uh, what would, what would be, I mean, there's so much, right. Because I, I always believe in surrounding myself with, with, with smart people that are doing interesting stuff and, and trying to learn not just from what they say, but, but what they do. Um, gosh, I mean, I think, you know, I, I'm going to go with, the. Uh, I'm going to go with my dad and more of like uh, this idea of, of watching what he did. Um, and, and for him, it was again, just saying, saying yes to like taking that road less traveled and, uh, and, and just taking, taking a, a chance on, 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 you know, deciding, deciding that there could be a better way uh, when he was going to get fired from his job. And he really needed the, the job as a, as a very young family here in, in America and, and just deciding I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, follow my own, my own path. And, and that's always been my, my process as well. It's just following your own path and, and just seeing where that leads and what that opens up to. It's, um, it's really amazing when you, when you say yes to, to, to life, what, what opens up for you. That's great. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Um, I think that, you know, it's one that I mentioned before. I think the journaling has been a, a key part of, of really digging deeper into, into what, what do I want? What, what am I, what am I going through right now? What, what, you know, what's, what's these recurring themes that show up? Like it's, it's fun to dig back through your journals and, and serendipitously flip through them and, and see, oh yeah, I was, you know, thinking about the same thing. And, and it's been a while that I've been thinking about that. Am I going to do anything about it or not? Is it, you know, is it something that, that I need to pay attention to? So the, the journaling process and that, that, that habit of, of journaling is uh, absolutely one of the key ones. And I'm just going to say this, but I mean, your journals are are different than the average everyday uh, journal. It's actually one of the reasons uh, I was sitting next to you at a Evan Pagan event, and <laughs> I looked over and I was like, "What is like, you know, you had? I mean, it was just. Uh, I'll I'll try to link out to. I think there's a couple of pages of snapshots of your journal online somewhere. That I found them at some point. 
Um, yeah, we'll, we'll try to dig uh, that out for the the show notes just to give people an idea. And and one of the things I think, I mean, you, you've mentioned this as a personal habit that's contributed to your success, but um, I also want to commend you for spreading this idea of journaling and techniques and tactics amongst entrepreneurs. I know several people in my network that um, now regularly journal they uh, and they follow a lot of your methodologies simply because you taught them how. And it's been a, it's created yeah. an incredible impact on myself and on them. Uh, I'm That's sure there's awesome. many, right? Well, I mean, it's uh, it's scientifically proven to make us happier. And that's just one one piece of it. It's just like this expressive writing. It, it forces us to create a beginning, middle, and end. Um, and that's just one part of it. Uh, there's a bunch of other techniques that, that I'll do. But literally, like 10 minutes a day is, is really all you need. Can you share an internet resource, a, a tool that you use on a regular basis that you think our listeners would find valuable? Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> this is maybe cheating, but not digital is, is going back to paper and ink. And, and you know, it feels like a, like it's one trick pony about journaling, but if you have a set of pens, like these color pens and, and paper, like there's so much more that you can, you can get done. Um, actually, I will, I will give, you know, one digital resource. I, I believe really fully in, in this idea of mind mapping. And, and there's a lot of great mind mapping software and, and applications out there. One that's free and, and pretty, pretty powerful is called MindMeister. And, and so I use that to, to, you know, if I'm brainstorming and thinking about uh, what something that we want to do, either a program or, or a process or something like that. And so I use that a lot uh, is this idea, especially with collaboration. But if I'm just thinking about something on my own, it's just pen and paper mind mapping. I think we're uh, almost 60 episodes in and that tool has not been mentioned. And it's a tool that I use almost every day. So um, uh, I'm nice. happy that you brought that up. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Um, yeah. What book besides one of your own would you recommend and why? Man, um, so many great books. I mean, I, I truly believe your life changes through uh, the people that you meet, the experiences that you have and the books that you read or the material that you study. And, and, you know, right now, where I am in my life is, is kind of some, a different spot than, you know, as I was really actively growing my company and, and doing that. So, but if, if you're going to ask me, you know, at this moment, what, what book I think is, is so powerful. So I mentioned two before in the interview, but I'll mention one more called the great work of your life. A guy named Stephen Cope. He's a, uh, uh, actually, uh, a yogi from uh, the, the Kripalu Center in, uh, or Kripala Center in, in Massachusetts. And it's this book all about basically the Bhagavad Gita and, and it compares people's lives and history when they've um, really dug into their dharma or their kind of their true path. And it's, it's a fascinating book. Awesome. I'm not sure it's come up on the show yet. And uh, it's also a book <laughs> I have heard not. of it and I, I and I, and I, I have not yet read it. So um, I think I'm going to try to get all three of your books in my reading list, uh, as soon as I can. Um, that's why we ask it always, you know, love getting the, the book referrals. So, uh, we'll include yeah. links to, um, that, that tool, MindMeister in the show notes, as well as, uh, all the book recommendations, uh, you made today, as well as links out to your, uh, your book. Uh, how can our audience find out more about you? Um, well, it, it, I blog occasionally at yonicksilver.com. So Y A A silver.com uh and then of course evolved enterprise the book you know anywhere amazon Barnes and noble whatever that is and um and really probably maverickdna.com is sort of our umbrella organization for all the all the things that we're up to very cool we'll also link out to 
Maverick DNA and, and Maverick 1000. And uh, also we'll link out to the, uh, the ship uh, you guys sunk. I just think that's uh, every yeah, single listener on this cool. program. I promise you, you will not regret going uh, and checking that out, spending three or four minutes watching that video. You'll be like, okay, this is totally changing my mind on, on how I could think about business and, and uh, community projects. Uh, Yannick, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. This has been a, a, an awesome and fascinating interview, and it's just been a pleasure to, to follow you as an entrepreneur. Thanks, Brent. Yeah, always great to uh, to talk to you and, and see you and, and continue seeing how you've like stepped into this role of really leading uh, all these agencies into, into rethinking what they're doing in business. We appreciate that. All right, guys, that is it for this week of the Digital Agency Show. Uh, stick in and uh, stay tuned for us uh, to deliver you guys more great content on how to grow your business, grow your mindset uh, each and every week here uh, on our podcast. Until then, I'm Brent Weaver. Thanks again for tuning in to the Digital Agency Show. Before we close out, I wanted to check in on your answer to my question from the beginning of the episode. Are you stressed out, cash crunched, fed up with your business? Now, if you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem. Maybe that it's the area you live in or that this market has gotten too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around. And I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now, it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who says they need a website, Facebook ads, or a mobile app when they don't even realize it's a deeper challenge is blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a strategy call where we're going to dig into those underlying issues in your business and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments that you're going to have will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your YouGurus strategy call today. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start the application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. Thanks again for tuning in. Join us next week for another episode of the Digital Agency Show. 